the roar. Your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are the roar, where every day is game day. Welcome back to the roar. Appreciate you joining us today. It is a Wednesday. I just want to be clear on that as I introduce our guest for this hour, Daniel Sherlock, theathletic.com, senior editor. Uh, he usually joins us on Thursday, so don't want to confuse anybody. Uh, still got an extra day or two days after this to work. Sorry, John. You don't, hey, you don't, you don't start... get to knock off tomorrow at 2 o'clock. No, I'll be here. For the weekend. Actually, you're working the weekend, so I guess. But you know what? Tomorrow's your birthday, so maybe you should knock off early. I'll be here. You want to do the show tomorrow? Absolutely. You're not going to be heading for warmer weather and celebrating uh, your your birthday? No. Okay. I, I will be uh, here in the Upcountry Fiber Studios. All right. Just senior, what you're measuring your dedication to the show. Speaking of dedication to our show, Daniel Shirley, join us live. How are you doing this morning, Daniel? I'm good. Thanks for being flexible. I've got meeting on top of meeting on top of meeting the next few days, so... I uh, appreciate you guys letting me do this today instead of Thursday. Yeah, we're totally understandable there. And uh, you're, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but you're, you're you're one of our favorites, Daniel. We we love you. So we have to, we, we, <laughs> and we, we want to keep you happy because I just don't think the checks I'm sending you are cashing. So I want to continue to do whatever I can to uh, keep you engaged in our show. So we, we thank you uh, for being flexible too. Uh, let's get into some football here. We've been talking about, Clemson, spring ball getting underway today and some of the big things on the table for this team. Where, where do you think this this program is? Just give me a little state of the, the program feel as Clemson kicks things off uh, over at the practice facility today, getting ready and first preparations begin for the 2024 season. Yeah, it's a little weird for me. Ben's no longer there, so I don't have like inside information You know, for the first time in five years as far as him telling me you know not not super serious stuff but just kind of keeping me up to date what's going on at practice but I I think that this program is fine right I you know I know that the narrative nationally is oh Clemson's done and the Clemson run is done uh and is Clemson ever going to win two national titles in three years again and play for another one I you know maybe not and but that's okay Brad you know why that had never happened before anyway. So it's not like that this Clemson program has just fallen off the face of the earth. And now even with, you know, even more so with the expanded playoff, this team's going to be right in the hunt uh, to, to be in the playoff. And if they win the ACC, they're going to get a top four seed and they're going to have a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So I, I just think that they're – are they what they were under – Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, no. And during that era, no, they're not. But they're also not going to start losing six or seven games a year. I just, I, I know they lost four this, you know, well, nine and four this past year. And I mean, that's a continuum, a little bit of a slide. But I really think you could see this team get right back into the playoff this year. And is that as a number one seed or, or you know, a top four seed or is it a five through eight, whatever? I, either one of those, I, you know, I think that you have to just say, yeah, they're they're right back where they need to be to to contend for national titles. And 
if that's the bar, I think you should be okay with that as a Clemson fan because, I mean, look, how, how often has that been the case? Really, Brad, think about it. I, you know, I mean, I know they won one when I was young, but they weren't really competing for national titles every year after that. You know, they, they probably had a couple of teams that should have contended for national titles and didn't, but that didn't happen again until this recent run. So I, I think they'll be right in the mix. Uh, I think they're probably the favorite to win the ACC. I would, I would put Florida State, NC State, maybe Louisville up, you know, as, as probably the top contenders. But I, I think they're going to be right there when we get to December and have a shot to play for a national title. Interesting you say that because I, I saw the odds that were released. I think it was Bet Online that released these to make the 12 team college ball playoff. And this is to make the playoff, not to win the national title, but to get into the 12 teamer. Clemson's right there, Daniel. There's Ohio State and Georgia yep. with the same, basically the same percent, roughly the same percentage to get in. Uh, Oregon right behind them, followed by Texas. And then you've got Clemson and Florida State both at minus 250 and both the same percentage odds to get into the, the the playoffs. So technically they, I mean, it's almost like you could say they're kind of one A and one B. Like they both could even get in a 12 teamer. Yeah. So uh, to your point, I mean, you know, even the odds makers think Clemson has a pretty good chance of making the playoff. If that is the case, what's, what's going to be the biggest thing that changes from last year to this year for that program? Well, first off, they don't build all those big buildings in Vegas because they don't win, right? I mean, they know, they <laughs> yeah. know what they're doing. <laughs> so if they say that that is the case, I mean, I think that's a pretty good chance uh, that is the case. Uh, look, I, I think the offense just has to be more efficient. And, and the biggest thing, Brad, they've got to have some explosive plays, right? I mean, you can – you can drive 10 plays in 80 yards and score a touchdown for sure. We see that. But how often do teams do that in a game in college to where something doesn't happen? And it doesn't have to be catastrophic. It can be, okay, well, hey, we got a first down, but and, and then there's a sack. Oh, well, now it's second and 15, and you know we're going to have to settle for a field goal. Or your left tackle jumps, and you know, second and two becomes second and seven and, and you're not able to convert and you got to kick a field goal and you don't get a touchdown. So, but you need the big plays, the big chunk plays. And that's a huge part of college football. I, I know that Clemson had all the turnovers last year and at least early in the year, and that was a big part of it. But just as big a part of it is, is getting big plays and not giving up big plays. And, you know, I know that Kirby Smart at Georgia, that has become a focal point for them is not giving up big plays and then getting some big plays on offense. And, you know, you think at some point if you're forcing a team to drive the length of the field, they're going to make a mistake. And, and you know, like I just spoke about, either a turnover or a penalty or a sack or, you know, you know, the left guard loses his mind, whatever, and, and doesn't read the blitz right or something happens. So if you can get those big plays, that makes things a lot easier for you offensively. And Clemson really did not have that last year. And they really haven't had it the last three years, right, compared to to what they had before. And, you know, some of that was uh, uh, Travis Etienne doing it on his own, you know, many times as we saw, you know, his last couple years. Or, you know, Trevor Lawrence buying time in the the pocket and, and finding somebody deep. 
So they've got to get back to that some way this year to help ease up some things offensively and make things a lot easier. All right, what about this spring session here? I just want to get your thoughts on just a couple of things before we move on. Uh, we were talking about the number two running back. You know, Phil Moffa, he's going to be the number one. There's no question about that. But I, I feel like that's a his backup hasn't been talked about a whole lot. Have you given much thought to what the Tigers need to do to, to find a number two and, and feel good about it? I feel like that's that's one of those things where if you're a, if you're a coach, you don't want to get into the to the you know July and even August and fall camp and have no idea who your number two is. Well, you don't want to have to give Phil Moffa 30 carries every game either, right? I mean, he can do it. We saw it against Notre Dame. He, he definitely can do it. But you don't want to do that every week. I think that number two is going to be more of a committee. I do. I, You know, I I like the group behind him. I do. I, I think that, that that group behind him can can get the job done. But it's, I think it's more of a what what fits the play at that time is, is going to – be what that is you know we hear that all the time of running back by committee and it's it's the whole group but i think no clearly phil's number one and then we'll use these other guys to kind of fill in uh you know fill in the spot the the holes there as we get through a game and who can do what i you know i love i love the i love the group but they they're just not very experienced you know without will shipley so it's going to be a different look for sure uh, I, I love seeing Milfoff, uh, I love seeing uh, Phil Moffat take that step and and being the guy and being the leader, but they're going to have those have to have those other guys step up too because you can't just have you can't have one it, because that's just not college football anymore. It's not the days of turning around to pitch it to Herschel thirty times a game and and trying to get through a season. That's just not it's just not how things work anymore. Daniel Shirley from theathletic.com join us live here today. Uh, what did you make of Clemson basketball getting another win last night yeah. over Pitt? I think I think it's one of the better wins of the of the year. I don't think they played necessarily their best game of the year. I'm not saying that, but I think I think Clemson got a really really good win against a team that was desperate for a quad one victory. Right. I think they played well defensively. Right. Yeah. Brad, uh, Brad, they, 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 and that's been a problem with this team the whole season the defense. But the last. And I think Brad, Brad said this last night. What the last three weeks they've played pretty well defensively, uh, you know, as opposed to what they were early in the year where they were winning offensively. But the defense has been pretty pretty solid these last few weeks, and that was on display last night, especially in the first half, where if they're not playing well defensively, they're down ten or twelve as opposed to four, and I thought that really gave them some momentum. You know, look, it's the last couple of wins where they've played, they've won these games, and P.J. Hall hasn't been great. Not that he's been bad, but there's been some foul trouble, and, you know, you're playing these big physical teams, and you and you need other guys to step up, and you, and you got that last night. You know, two games ago, it was R.J. Godfrey. Last, last night, it was Ian Shefflin. And so you and, – and, and Chase Hunter played really well last night. So – I think you're seeing some versatility in this group, and I think you're seeing the defense is getting better uh, each game. So I thought that was a big one for sure because, you know, these next couple of games you should win. Notre Dame's not very good, and then you're back home uh, against Syracuse. You should win that game at home. The Wake Forest game is going to be really, really tough because they're very good at home. So you needed to get this win last night at home, and they were able to get it done. 
I agree, and that was one that we're, I think we're going to look back on and be like, yeah, that, that really huh, – maybe that propelled this team in some manner. We'll see. Yeah. There's still a lot of basketball uh, to be played. Regular season wraps up, though, uh, in about a week and a half. Uh, Daniel, let's let's talk about some other things here. The, the scouting combine uh, underway now up in Indianapolis – Let's just, for the fun of it, say that uh, Arthur Blank walked into your office or your, your home and said, uh, Daniel, I am now allowing you to run my organization. Uh, what would you do? What, what are your most pressing matters as you try to help rebuild? Maybe not rebuild, but sort of reformat things for the Atlanta Falcons. Well, they've got to figure out quarterback. I, they just have to. That that that's what held them back this past year, and I'm not saying it was all Desmond Ritter's fault, but the quarterback play kept them from winning the division. If they were just good at quarterback or adequate at quarterback, they win that division. Now it helps that the division was terrible, but I mean you're in the division you're in. You can't do anything about that. So, I, I look. I think they've got three options at quarterback. They can either trade up. And get a Jane Daniels or, you know, somebody like that, Drake May, uh, in really high in the draft. They can pray that a Jane Daniels is there at eight, which I don't think is going to happen. Or, and there's been a lot of talk about this this morning, Brad, trade for Justin Fields. And I, I look, I, I would not stay at eight. If you trade up to get Jane Daniels at, you know, three, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because, you know, there's been a lot of talk comparing him to Randall Cunningham. And, you know, 20-year-old Daniel remembers Ray, uh, Randall Cunningham and just how good he was. <laughs> so uh, if you want to do that, I'm okay with that. But I would trade I would trade to get Justin Fields. I absolutely would because I don't think it's going to cost you a lot because the Bears are pretty clear that they're going to go get Caleb Williams. At least that's the talk. Is it, and so then they've got to get rid of Justin Fields if you're going to do you know if you're going to do that. So I would trade for Justin Fields. I would you know maybe give up a second and a third round pick to get him, and then and then get him in your in your organization, get him in the building, get him working with your coaches and learning the playbook. And look, I think if they had Justin Fields on the team this past year, they'd probably win the division. So that's the route I would go. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's a franchise savior. I don't think he's a, you know, this this great quarterback. But I think he's solid enough, uh, and I like the coaching staff that Raheem Morris has put together. And I think they can win a lot of games with him as their quarterback. Hmm. Boy, you got to solve that thing, though. Uh, <laughs> we know it's not going to be. I think that's the thing we're we're most confident in after what happened last year with with Desmond Ritter, uh, Daniel Shirley of theAthletic.com. Always enjoy your time. Thank you for uh, sharing a few moments with us here today. What's going over at the Athletic this week? Yeah, we've got a lot of coverage of, of the combine. We got some of our our college folks are even at the combine, you know, helping out with the NFL staff. So we'll have all that covered. Uh, we've got a series coming up, Brad, next month. Secrets of the Transfer Portal. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and then we'll be getting ready for the college basketball tournament as well. You know, the, the NCAA tournament, the conference tournaments, all that coming up. Uh, we'll be handling all that coverage. So it's it's going to be a busy time for us, for sure. Two days until March. Great time to sign up for theathletic.com. Daniel, thank you. We'll catch up with you next week. 
Sounds good. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Yeah, you too. Take care. Appreciate you making some changes. I know you got a busy day tomorrow, so I appreciate Daniel jumping on with us today. When we come back, let's do more concern on meter. I'll give you that special teams and more of an exact question I have for you, John, and we'll discuss some other things as well. Don't go anywhere. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, Clemson's choice for great dining, is pleasing you with their innovative food. Featuring two for $25 menu choices like Cajun or Creamy Alfredo, fried calamari, garlic basil pesto, meatball sub, or spaghetti, all served with Texas toast. Two entrees for just $25. And remember, Wine Wednesdays. Choose select wines for just $5 per glass. Open daily for lunch and dinner and brunch on Sundays. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, 1310 Clemson Boulevard at the Best Western. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. I'm Richard Thompson of Thompson & King Law Firm, and I believe that every person has a God-given desire to work. That's why I take Social Security and workers' compensation cases very seriously, because most folks don't really want to think they're disabled. They hesitate to file for disability, and when they're turned down, they hesitate to appeal their case. But they are disabled. If you're presently unable to work on a daily basis, even if you don't fully understand the cause, come see me. I'll take your case seriously. I know you do. The Thompson & King Law Firm, 222-0200, or online at thompsonking.com. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Sitting here today with our good friend Gary Mahaffey of Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. Gary, texter asks, Walt, I screwed up waiting on my insurance company to sign a new contract with my hospital doctors and they failed. Can Gary help me? Texter, you are far from being the only person who did this. I have a high probability of being able to help you, but time is of the essence. I need you to contact me right away at 864-307-8484 to resolve this dilemma. There you go, listener. You need to move on this and call Gary today at 864-307-8484. Again, 864-307-8484. And remember, the Gary represents the seven largest Medicare insurance companies in approximately 125 different plans. In the unlikely event that you would want another company's plan, Gary will still shepherd you through SHIP or Medicare to accomplish that goal. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle, and repeat rewards. Anderson, what are you waiting for? Come experience First Class Halt, your dealership alternative for Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. 
Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Powered by UpCountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game game day. We're back here live on the Roar. The press box for Brad and John. Thanks to Daniel Schroeder for that last segment. Talk some spring ball with him. I didn't ask him about the kicking game. John Concerno meter, one through five. Clemson figuring out the kicker. How about we do this? Let's do two here, okay? One, you're concerned that they don't have a kicker post-spring, and you're concerned they don't have a kicker post-fall camp. Uh, like a confidence in a kicker to be the number one. I, I, well, regardless... The number is going to be high. It's going to be a four. Because I need to see it on, what is that, August 31st? Yep. I need to see it week two, week three, week four, week five. It's it's one of the, the few position groups that you need to just see it in game action before yeah. that number comes down. You're not going to need a kicker in week one. You're going to be scoring every possession. Oh, yeah. I mean, extra points. <laughs> extra points and kickoffs. You know what I mean. Not settling for field goals on that. Loop. I'm joking. Calm down, Bulldog fans. I'm not saying you have the worst defense in the country. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get we, there. We know you have a great defense. It was a joke. You don't need field goals when you score every time you touch it. Touchdown. I right? will say, though, this may upset some Georgia fans. Oh, well, then uh, by all means, at 11:26, throw it out there. I'm not holding you back. I feel like we have been very respectful of Georgia and their program and what they've accomplished and what they have been. But that totally being said, from the conversation. it's a rivalry and we're about to start treating it as such. Okay. We got to start having some fun with this game. I Brad. know. I know. <laughs> I haven't been barked at in a while. Well, careful what you ask. Uh, I know, right? But I, I'd say one of the things that it makes me very excited about this battle and watching it unfold and trying to see what Clemson has from a kicker standpoint is the early enrollee Nolan Hauser. He's the wild card to this. He's the wild card. And now if he is what he is built to be, then to your point at the end of hour two, where Clemson was just able to be like, Oh yeah, BT Potter. And we didn't have to have these long conversations about it. He has the talent to where Clemson can get back to that place, but we just got to see it happen. I do think that it's very important and and very noteworthy that Hauser is on campus now. Like if he weren't there and we and we were, I mean, you imagine if all we're talking about is Quinn Castor and Robert Gunn through the whole spring, like that's going to be a hard conversation. That's well, and that's it. tough with um, you know, lake fatigue, right? You don't want to just be two guys taking all the kickoff, all the punt, all the field goal, extra point reps. Yeah, because it is. It's there's some similarities to where like we talk a lot about with Austin Gordon, right? 
that with the specialist legs are kind of like with a pitcher's throwing arm. That you have to ramp it up and that you can't just go out. Like a pitcher can't go out when it's not their day to throw and just throw heat of practice every day. You can't do that. Fair. It's kind of the same thing here with kickers. You have to do it in, in spurts and doses and ramp it up. So I think it's a good thing to your point where it's not just Kastner and Gunn here that you do have Hauser in the mix. I don't want to... I, I think for Clemson's sake, we don't need to be having the conversation that it's a coming out of post spring that it's a four or four and a half or a five. It feels like that's where it's headed. Just because it's all unknown. Yeah, and I don't know because we can't see much and don't know much. I, I don't know that we're going to trust what we hear from the kicking game because we thought we thought Robert Gunn was going to be okay last year. Turns out he was not okay last year. To the point where they had to go pull a guy who wasn't even on the roster off the streets. And I would like to, and obviously I don't know if we can ever fully get the answer to this. Was it, I know that the practices weren't perfect by any means, but was it like he was struggling through spring, summer, and the fall? Or just the lights came on, things just fell apart? That's what it sounds like happened. Because I feel like Coach Sweeney was pretty confident and optimistic about Gunn starting the season at Duke. Right, and there wouldn't have been as much of an ordeal about Liam Boyd leaving to go to North Carolina last year after the spring game. Yeah, Gunn had won the job yeah, coming out of so the spring. It, I'm trying to just, you know, refresh my memory here, but it feels like it was when the lights came on, just, you know, we've seen time and time again with athletes, you can practice one way, but game situations are just different. What was it in the Duke game? He had, he had one he missed and one he had blocked. Was it the I extra point he, that was blocked gosh. and then the Field goal was I can't, I can't remember the order, but Something obviously like that, yeah, I can't remember the order. And either. then he had an injury apparently. I don't know. It just the whole thing went terribly awry last year. So the the concern has got to just generally got to be high right now. I think I think based on just the spring alone, it's probably a four, and on the season, it's probably a five. I think that's fair. Okay, <laughs> I think that's fair. It's a lot of issues there that have to be worked out. But maybe Nolan Hauser fills all the all the roles that need to be filled, or whatever needs to be done. I don't know, maybe, but I don't I don't feel especially great about it right now. I don't know how anybody could. Anything else you want to put out there for Clemson football in terms of the concern meter? I mean, there's a we could do. I tell you what, let's let's just go and have a little bit of this conversation here today. It was something we'll discuss. This is sort of our our last primer because now we're going to get at least some information beginning this afternoon. How concerned are you about the quarterback position in the pecking order heading into spring? Um, concerned about the pecking order, I think it's a two, because I think we know what it is. In terms, you do think we know what it is? I think, I think today if you were to go out there, you would see K. Klubnik with the ones. You know how they line up kind of like an order of the depth chart when they're stretching? I think it would be... Klubnik, Vizina, Pierman, then Shaw. See, I don't know that I agree with that. You don't? No. Oh, good. Let's have the conversation. I'm, gl- I'm glad you disagree. Who, where do you think it is? I'm not sure. Pierman at number two. Okay. I just don't know if Vizina's done enough to I, – I don't. what I'm saying is they talked much more positively about Pierman coming out of 2023 than they did Vizina. So why would Vizina just magically be ahead of – I was just thinking in terms of a starting point solely based on – scholarship and it sounds silly it does sound silly to me because i but, i don't i don't think Vazina's done anything what i'm saying is he has done nothing to earn being the number two right now going into today's practice that's fair zero he hasn't done anything nothing. yeah he was on you know he he, he ran scout team yeah he ran scout team last year 
He he redshirted before they even got to the season, John. They had already decided they were going to redshirt him because they knew he wasn't ready. So I, I th- there's no launching point here for him is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So I don't I don't think he's the number two quarterback right now. Is, is, I, I have does that no, concern you? Not a ton because I've wanted to see what Trent Pierman has. We have heard so many good things about Trent Pierman over the years. We can look up the high school accolades, and there are tons of them. I want to see it. Uh, I, I have no problem with him running with the twos. I, I'd like to see what that looks like. I don't know that. I mean, obviously, the number two quarterback doesn't matter as much today. Then it not, will, not as much as the number 31st. two running back <laughs> yes. as we had earlier in the show. Yes, very fair. Because you you have to have multiple running backs play in a game. You can play just one quarterback. Correct. And that will be Cade Klubnik. I mean, there's no. That's the thing. But that also concerns me because I believe in competition. I believe in being pushed. You need to be at your best when you feel like you're you're going after you're, you're having to go out there and practice for your job every day. There's a certain urgency that comes with that. And, and I'm not saying that like some people are different. They're they're self motivated enough that they don't necessarily have to have that. You know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers had to be pushed by Jordan Love. Okay for years in Green Bay. I think he was self-motivated enough to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But I do think at this stage, when you're developing, it really helps to have someone you feel like is pushing you. And I don't know that I'm that there is someone on this roster who's going to push Klubnik to that degree. It feels like there's not, and there's a little concern. I, I agree with you there. And I also think this is becoming... it's. You know, it's like when we always ask Clemson fans, to, what are the teams are you watching? What are the situations are you observing across the sport? That this is not just a Clemson isolated incident. Right now, this is kind of how college football is being operated. Yeah. I mean, Texter gets in and says, if Vazina's third on the depth chart, I have serious issues with the coaching staff and their ability to develop a quarterback. I, I don't. I mean, again, this is the launching point, okay? What in the world could you take away from 2023 that makes you feel confident that Chris Vazina is the number two quarterback right now. You never saw him really play. He was on the scout team. They registered him before the season. I'm just going with the facts here. They registered him before the season even started. They said he wasn't ready. They called it a a. They called him their their quarterback of the 2024 class. They did because there was no belief that he was going to help them at all in 2023. So going into today, the launch point is so. Low. I does it does not mean he can't be the number two quarterback. My point is that as of today, at the starting point, Trip Pierman did more for this team last year than Chris Vizina did. In practice, in development, is that is that arguable? I mean, I, he was on the scout team. Vizina <laughs> ran the scout team, John. I'm where. I just I I understand you 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 hear the recruiting you you see the stars you hear the the experts talk about him and you just say like this guy has to be good like there's just no other way like he has to be the number two and I, I again from the starting point of today I, there's no evidence that that's the case there's none and I don't know that's that's not an indictment on the on the on the coaches today their job is to get Vizina there by August 31st. That's when I would have issues, is if Vizina's not there by August 31st. But a lot can happen between now and then. 
like the majority of the offseason has to happen between now and then. Yeah, this is this is when he starts the process of getting better. This is how they find out. This is where they actually John, they haven't they haven't touched the kid. They haven't worked with him. Yeah. They couldn't. From post bowl practice to now to now to today. It's all been up to him and then Matt drills and those types of things. So it's not I mean, this is when they're developing. They haven't been able to develop him yet. This is where we're going to see through the spring and the summer if they can get Chris Vizina to a point where he is solidly the number two quarterback. That's my point. <laughs> That's not an indictment on the coaching staff today. It's It might be in August. But I'm just telling you where things are right now. I'm just being a realist here. I'm not even projecting what happens between now and August. I'm just saying right today, right now, don't don't go, don't lose your mind if Chris Vizina is third on the depth chart. If he's taking reps with the third team today, don't don't think that that's the worst thing that's ever happened, and it means that the whole season's just in turmoil, and that if K. Clubney gets hurt, the whole season's over. I don't 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 jump to all those conclusions today. That's my whole point is the process is going to play out. But the process is starting today. It, it didn't happen last year. There was no process last year. They no, made Garrett Riley was trying to develop Cade Klubnik. Most of his time went into Cade Klubnik, and it should have. They probably made the right call there. Yes. Because I, I had heard nothing from anyone that made me believe that Chris Vizina was at a point to help the team last year. Just did not happen. You, I don't care and, who And you know what? Play. He wasn't the only true freshman that was in that spot. Right. It happens. Yeah. And based on the way the season was going, you had to put your, your energy into Cade Klubnik. Now is when you start that, you see where the development is. Now is when you test the developmental, de- developmental skills of the staff. Yeah. I don't think today's an indictment on the staff. No, not one bit. In my opinion, but I just, I wish you would have led with the. You know, let's not freak out about everything right now before the Adams and Co. roofing text line. Sorry to freak out about everything. <laughs> Sorry. That that's on me. But that's what I that's why I brought it up to begin with, is because I, I just if Vazina's run with the threes of practice today, people are gonna jump to some really large conclusions that I don't think are fair yet. No, they're not fair at all, in my opinion. But he, it's, he, it's the starting point. That's the thing. We have to remember that yes, Chris Vizina has put in a lot of work since the bowl game ended, but he has not been on the field with Garrett Riley since the bowl game ended. Now they might want they might want to see what he looks at with the twos because they're trying to force him into that role too, which is fine. I I, I don't I'm not guaranteeing he's starting at three. I'm saying don't be surprised if he is at three. You have to earn your your spot. You know, you have to earn it, and he just didn't earn well, it. We, last we can't year. have it in two camps of. You know, we need competition. We have to go compete for everything. And then within the same text, you come back and saying, well, he's a recruiter. He's got to be number two on the depth chart. Well, he, you, you're crazy if you don't start him there because the coaches aren't doing their job. Like you got you got to have it. I, I got to put the work in. This is a hard conversation because none of us were in the rooms. None of us were on the practice fields. But at the end of the day, the coaching staff made the decision that the gap was too much for Chris Vizina in year one. They made that decision early on that they weren't going to be able to get him developed to the point where he was going to help them in 2023. Not my words. Davos, when he literally called him the class of 2024 quarterback because they didn't get a quarterback in this class 
this this is now arriving has now arrived on campus, and so they decided he was going to be that. That tells you all you need to know, folks. That's it. Six five four or more to come. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at eight a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, your favorite drafts are poured at a frosty 29 degrees, and rare barrel-aged whiskeys are served just the way you want them. It's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Twin Peaks is always adding exciting cocktails to the menu, like the expertly balanced Sincoro Hall of Fame Margarita. Try it at your local lunch today. When you shop or donate at a Dream Center resale store, you're helping to change lives. The Dream Center receives no government funding and depends on the resale store's proceeds to operate. 100% of store's proceeds go directly to support the programs of the Dream Center, offering those that need a hand up instead of a hand out. Shop and donate your items today at their Easley, Pickens, Seneca, or Greenville store on Pleasantburg Drive. Donate, shop, change lives. Visit thedreamcenterpc.org for more information today. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. 
Hey, Boost Mobile here to help you start from scratch. Boost is giving you the chance to win incredible prizes in our latest scratch-off sweepstakes, including up to $5,000 cash with over 7,600 prizes up for grabs. This is an opportunity you don't want to miss. For your chance to win, just head to your local participating Boost Mobile store and ask for a scratcher. It's that easy. So visit a Boost Mobile store today and get after it. Ends 331.24 while supplies last. No purchase necessary. Other restrictions apply. Visit your local Boost Mobile store for details. I'm Rick Davis with the Davis Law Group. I'm a proud Clemson alumni from the class of 1981. When folks come to see us, they've generally got a problem of some sort. And we start out by listening. That's what makes the Davis Law Group different. Whether it be a work-related injury, a problem dealing with an insurance company, or a family law issue, you are going to end up having to deal with the judicial system. And it is a journey. So what we try to do is help you find a path forward through that system in a way that you will have a fair result. Contact us today at davis.law. We'll be glad to help. Mark your calendars for the Roar's March Madness Show, March 18th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Mellow Mushroom of Clemson. We'll see you there. here on a Wednesday coming up next out of bounds we'll keep it rolling for you no broadcast today from Clemson Athletics so that means you get (laughs) first time in a while uh, you get a full uh, walk here today or I believe he'll be on the air um, get, it's, it's the time of the calendar where it's like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is William Quackenbush? Because yeah. we never fully know. But you get out of bounds, and then you get road rage. Yes, with Walt Deptula today. But, but you know, we're not having a broadcast. But it doesn't mean that there's zero athletics going on with Clemson University today. Softball, yeah, against the Dogs. I was just saying we didn't have anything broadcast. Yes, today. but I just want to make sure that people were aware that we did have a softball game. Clemson has a softball game today against Georgia. Looking forward to another. Another fun day here on the Roars. Stay tuned all afternoon long after we wrap things up. I'm pretty sure Walt Deptula is going to have a take or two about last night's basketball game. I would I'd be confident in agreeing with that. I think it'll happen. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. A lot of pushback to our quarterback conversation there. I just don't, I, I think it's okay not to just fire want to fire every coach on the staff because maybe Chris Vizina wasn't ready last year. I, because a true freshman with a bunch of other true freshmen worked on the scout team. And therefore, all the new coaches who everybody was excited about getting here, we now want fired because they don't have the full depth chart ready to go on the first day of practice before the practice takes place. Yeah, again, like I said, I'm, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm saying if we can have those conversations in August if, if the, the depth chart isn't ready. That's fine. I but why are we not giving the benefit of actually developing in the spring and the summer? Why are we just Even eliminating had, that opportunity? There hasn't been a practice yet for the 2024 season. And we have people on the Adams and Co. roofing text line who want to remove these coaches because they haven't done the job yet. Well, they haven't had the chance to. Yeah, let's let's see where things are down the road. This is where they're this is where they earn their money. Spring ball Summer, fall camp. They earn a lot of their money that way. So let's see where they are then. I don't I just don't know 
I don't know that it was an indictment on. Man, some of y'all, the ability to move the goalpost, I just tip of the cap to you. <laughs> I, I, okay, it's it's fine if you're if you're frustrated, but put your frustrations in. Let's, we're just trying to get it in the in the correct direction here. I, I I don't blame you for being upset about you know the offense or the direction and and how things have gone. I just wanted kind of want to direct you in the right right area of where that frustration is right now. Um, we didn't even talk about Kate Klubnik. <laughs> we did a whole segment on on quarterbacks there, and I don't think we even even made hardly a mention of of his name. Now, does he need to? It's a big spring for him. It's a big spring for the development. It's a big spring for the coaching staff with Cade Klubnik, getting him to a to a higher place. I mean, obviously they've you know they just had two months off, so I, I don't know that there's really a whole lot that could have been done in you know January and February. But now, now we enter the end of the month and the beginning of spring ball. Could be a lot on his plate and a lot of expectations. And I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine talking about it. We need to you know discuss where Klubnik needs to get to. We'll, we'll have all those conversations. As they go throughout the the spring season, six five four roar, uh, you want to get in with us. The Tigers on the field today, their first spring ball workout, and we'll um, we'll have a lot of reaction to that. I, I'm not gonna be able to go today. I'm not gonna be out of practice, but there'll be a lot of people out there. We'll get a lot of information. Coach Sweeney's gonna be on these airwaves in a little while with his media address live here on the roar. We'll have it for you. Stay tuned. For that, it's later on this afternoon. What do you remember exactly what time that is? Uh, it's in the early parts of Road Rage. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was in the 3 o'clock hour. Yes. Uh, so stay tuned for that, and we'll let you um, we'll let you in tomorrow on, on our show to talk about it. And I know, I know I'll have some thoughts on it. You'll have some thoughts on it. Probably some information of, of note, I would think. Absolutely. Look forward to talking after a practice has taken place. Okay, fair enough. Um, and, you know, last point, I promise you, I, this is my last point on this. Don't hold previous coaches accountable for new coaches. Say that one more time. Don't hold new coaches accountable for previous coaches and don't hold previous coaches accountable for new coaches. Fair? That is extremely fair. That was that was sort of our point, was it not? Or the point that you were making about Garrett Riley? Yeah, I think I think that was kind of what you were trying to say, not to put words in your mouth. No, no, you, but you were correct. That that is what I was trying to get across. That it is not. I mean, we did a lot of this last year. We need to stop blaming Garrett Riley for what happened. What Brandon Streeter may have done, or vice versa. We need to not get on Matt Luke based on something that you didn't like that Thomas Austin did or what have you. I just, it's not fair to the coaches. It's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the team as they're getting ready for the 24 season. All right, John, moving on here. Uh, I sent you these yesterday. It's to make a 12 team college football playoff. And we discussed this with Daniel a few minutes ago or a little while ago, early in this hour. And I, I wanted your, your thoughts on some of these. Uh, it's, it's first of all, it's very weird. Is it not to see a list of odds we don't do odds on this show, but odds to make a 12-team college football playoff. It's like this is one of those things we've we've just sort of like, you know, dreamed about or just in theory it'd be funny if this, this, and this had happened. Uh, but now we actually have it, and we have to th- change our way of thinking. Right at the top, Ohio State and Georgia with almost dead similar odds and, and dead similar um, – 
implied odds to make the playoffs. 90.9, 90.01. So, <laughs> very, very tight there. Do you have any problem with those two teams being at the top of the heat to make the college ball playoff? Not one bit. Are they the two favorites in the two power leagues that are going to be getting some spots in there? No, I, I think that's where it should start. Are they almost locks in your opinion? Yeah. Because of the size of the field. Agreed. They don't have to win their conference title to get in. They don't have to win. See, it in, it's in perfect. Ohio State can lose to Michigan again, and they can actually make the playoff this time. It's perfect. But I think it starts with those two. I think that's the closest. After that, I don't think anybody's a lock. Do you? Do you see a lock on the list? Hmm. I say no. Uh, probably so. Probably so. The closest thing to me would be Texas. The thing is that the teams I was thinking about bringing up there were Oregon and Texas, but they are going into new leagues, and we talked about it a lot. It's not as always as easy of a road as you think it may be in your first year in a new league. I See, I don't know how it's going to play out for Oregon, but my argument is with Texas, they're going to start the season in the top five. I feel pretty yeah, confident that, about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The track record of SEC teams is treatment through the returning the quarterback. They were, you know, but all. If, if they have one loss, say they don't even make the conference championship game, what if it's, I don't know, what if it's. 10 and 2 Texas in the regular season, in my opinion, gets in the 12 team field. Yeah. I, at three losses, we'd have to have a different conversation. But And that's all about where where's everybody else around them. But they're going to start so high in this thing. Yeah. Uh, Clemson is right behind Oregon and Texas, tied with Florida State at minus 250, 71.43% on the implied odds here. What that tells me is these are the two best teams in the ACC and, you know, that you get the auto bid as the conference champion. What do you make of them being equal? One is not shaded over the other. I look at that's exactly what it was last year. Florida State get a little bit slight bump as as we got closer to the regular season kicking off. But when the lines first were coming out, they were at the exact same spot. I think it makes sense to say that these are the two of the the two favorites to win the ACC, and that there's not a big of a differentiating factor between the two as we sit here in late February. It also tells me with these high of odds that the if those two meet in the conference championship game, the loser's not out of the question out of the conversation. I would agree with that too. I think you know, the assumption is you better win the ACC because you're not getting two teams in. And I, I, I don't think if, if it's these two teams now, again, we're going to rely on a committee to put Florida State into something, so be careful with that. But, Yikes. But my feel is that's what the odds are. Again, how it plays out is different, but the odds are telling us. Does it also kind of say the same thing with Miami too, where Miami is positioned in this? At plus 100? They're awfully high. Um, they're, they're, the odds feel like Miami has a has a decent chance at winning the ACC. See, this is not broken down. It says fifty percent odds. That's not breaking down what the odds are of winning the title and then what the odds are of getting a large in. You know, the odds of getting of winning the title of Miami are greater than the large odds. Yes, I would agree with that. Clemson and Florida State are in a different category. They have a high. They're just closer. The gap is is smaller between automatic and enlarge. So I think that's what that's, I'm trying to read. What the odds are are trying to tell us, but Miami up there is is intriguing. Kansas State is minus two hundred. That's because they're going to be the 
pick probably by most people to win the Big 12 and earn the automatic. Yeah, I think they'll probably be the favorite. I kind of like Oklahoma State. They're way down. Uh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I Based on the odds, I would take Oklahoma State. I would not touch Iowa State because, you know, I, I just don't believe in Matt Campbell. Uh, I still find Utah to be awfully intriguing. Well, they're they're right there. They're right under Kansas State. They're tied with Michigan at minus 110 to make the playoff. Michigan, you want to deal with that at all? Does that feel right? I have no idea what to do with Michigan. Okay, fair. Just, just from a personnel standpoint alone, I just don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Are you surprised to see Ole Miss on there at plus 175 that high? They're they're right under Miami. No, I am not based on the way that they have attacked this offseason. You know, they and Ohio State, to me, I feel like I've seen that they have a window here. And they're exhausting everything into that. I'm not surprised to see Ole Miss ranked highly. Again, I'm I'm just sort of playing this out in my head. We don't have the information in front of us. But they're 36.36% on the playoff here. How much of that 36 is winning the SEC? Like 10%, maybe 5%? Is it most something of like that? Yeah, I think most old, of that's got to be in a large yes. percentage. Yeah, I just don't see a path as much as I think Ole Miss is greatly going to be greatly improved. I mean, you just go look at when they played Georgia; they physically could not hang in the trenches. They did not have the lines of scrimmage to compete, and until that is until I've seen that, and I, I like the Walter Nolan addition. I like some of the the players they've gone out and, and acquired. But I need to, to see it a little bit more that Ole Miss can, that they're more tougher at the point of attack. How about this? Arizona is in the top 12 of the teams with the, with the uh, 12 highest odds to make the 12-team playoff. I just want to say 12 as many times as I can. Metrics. Uh, it makes sense. I, I think with Noah Fafita that they will have one of the better returning quarterbacks, although he's not returning to the Big 12. It'll be his first time playing there will be one of the better returning quarterbacks in that league. I would rather roll the dice on Arizona, Texas Tech, or Oklahoma State with the odds, with, with what I'm getting paid back in return, than I would Utah and Kansas State. What's it going to take for you to take a flyer on 22-1 to 1 Colorado to win the, win the league and get in there? There isn't anything that could change my mind on that. That's not happening. No way I'm touching that. You? Mm, probably not. Okay. <laughs> you thought about it for a minute. Well, I mean, if they could block anybody for just a small amount of time. All right. I think it can improve, although I think the they, they downgraded quite a bit at offensive play caller. What team have we not mentioned yet in the list? Notre Dame. Oh, that's I was going to go a different direction. You're going Notre Dame? Yeah, we have not talked Notre Dame. Plus 250. Now, they can't win. They have to only get in at large. That's it. It's the only way they can get in. So that, which tells you, they think Notre Dame has a 28.6% chance, roughly, of getting in. The same amount of chance as NC State. <laughs> let me, oh no, I need to, I need to take a moment to let that sink in for, to my brain. Notre Dame has the same odds as NC State to make the college football playoff. I don't know what to do with that at the end of the show. Uh, by the way, Alabama was the team I was referring to. Plus 225, 30.77%. 30. 
No, I have no idea what Alabama's going to be. Michigan and Alabama are just shoulder I shrugs. I don't know. I think they'll be talented. I think they'll be well coached, but I don't know. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Big thanks to Daniel Shirley for his contributions as well. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds. Hope you have a wonderful, happy, and safe Wednesday. Talk to you again on Thursday. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 15.